Do you crave meaningful conversations with people of different backgrounds and perspectives? Do you admire certain people from afar but wish you can get to know them on a deeper level? Thankfully, we live in an incredible age where long-form conversation allows us to connect with those who inspire us beyond the often manufactured sound bites, small talk, and social media posts we are bombarded with on a daily basis. This is a podcast that seeks to provide you, our listeners, with refreshing content from a variety of inspiring guests, a place where we can truly hear their stories. I'm Karen Corrin, and welcome to Soul Sessions with KK. Hey everyone, I am so excited to present this show to you today. I am interviewing Rebecca Shapiro from Project Proactive, and this episode could not have come at a better time. We need to hear things about mental health more than ever today when everything is so unpredictable and so uncertain. Rebecca Shapiro sits down with me and she talks to me about the importance of prioritizing our mental health. And I'll just let you guys listen and the show will do the talking. So without further ado, I would love to introduce Rebecca Shapiro from Project Proactive. Hey, Rebecca, welcome to Soul Sessions. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I'm so, so excited to have you on the show for you to discuss your journey. And we're going to get right into it. Tell the audience who you are, who is Rebecca Shapiro, and what do you do? It's a very complicated question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So what, who am I and what do I do? So I'm constantly trying to figure out who I am. So that's like a little bit of a loaded question. Okay. Um, it's a life's, you know, life's journey. Um, but uh, what I do is a little bit of an easier question. Um, I am a communications and marketing consultant and I do creative direction as well. Um, and about uh, probably close to two years ago, I went off... Um, I, I, I started doing private uh, work as opposed to being an employee. And um, when I did that, I kind of made a conscious effort to do projects that would make a difference in the world and inspire. And, um, and so when I, uh, when I work with clients, it's usually um, either mental health related or education related, and uh-huh. I have a very specific way that I work. And so, can I ask you something? How, why did you decide to make that jump from like being a full-time employee working for a company that like got a salary every week or every two weeks? How, why did you decide to take that plunge? Like that's a risky move. Why did you do it was. that? And yeah. it, it wasn't an easy decision. I actually liked where I was working and I, I have a lot of admiration for, I, I was working for a nonprofit that ran like um, a shul and a school and different, and you know, different um, projects. Um, so it wasn't an easy decision because I was really, I really felt like I was making a difference uh, in the community and I, I still am a little bit, you know, I mean, not involved 
as an employee, but now I get to volunteer um, when I have time. Right. Um, but honestly, it what I felt like I had a lot more to give, and I felt like, um, you know, rather than just being the person that was doing what was needed, um, I wanted to be the person that you know push boundaries, move mountains, and, you know, and really kind of made an impact wow. on something a little bit bigger. And also there was some, you know, obviously some monetary um, decisions. I have kids in yeshiva and, uh -huh. and uh, I needed to, I really didn't have time to do consulting anymore on the side. Uh -huh. So um, you decided to make it a full-time thing. Yeah, because yeah, because when you're on salary, you're basically, um, you, like I was really, I put my heart and soul into everything that I do. So I just, I really did not have time to do anything on the side. So this and really, that, that was hurting you. That was hurting. Yeah. 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 And my family, For like sure. now I have the flexibility. Um, my office is at home and I have the flexibility to be there when my kids need me and, um, you know, I could take them to appointments and I could, uh, you know, be a little bit more proactive with their needs. For sure. For sure. Yeah. But, you know, like in the beginning, when someone takes that risk of like leaving a you know, a stable, comfy position where you know you're getting money every single week, like it's very predictable to go out there and be like, oh my gosh, like I'm not going to have that like cushion. I'm not going to have that money every week you have to actually go out there and work for it so like i'm assuming in the beginning it wasn't like money was it was like scary blowing to you so like no i think it took me i think first of all i think that i was once listening to a sheer i think it was by rabbi laser brody that said laser beans yeah and he said he said something like really really smart that you know you're going to have what you need and you have to be able to channel when, when you, when you're partnering with God, you're in a much better situation. And this really actually gave me the opportunity to, um, to partner with God and, and, you know, and now I, I rely on Hashem more wow. in my day to day. And I actually feel a lot, I feel like, just for that alone, it's more um, wow. worth it. But it was so, hard to get to that point. But but it, 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 I think it took about three months for me to. Um, That's a big leap. To become, you know, to get to the place where I wasn't scared. Right. But you needed to have that fear in the first place in order to move you because I feel like if you didn't have that fear, this wouldn't mean anything to you, you know, like, no, no, I, I, it was, uh, I, I really think that, that sometimes we get stuck and we're, we're afraid to, to make big changes in our lives because, because we don't believe that it could be better. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I just want to reiterate, I actually really did like my job and I love the people that I work with and I actually do miss them a lot. Um, but financially and uh, like I'm better off right now and also just as far as work-life balance. Wow, I love that. Yeah. I love that. So what can you say to especially Jewish mothers, okay, who have not only like the groceries and the regular bills that you know normal people have to take care of, but we also have the astounding, <laughs> crazy bill of yeshiva. Yeshiva tuition is the it's like the joke amongst like us of Orthodox Jews that like what's the best birth control? Yeshiva tuition. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, I myself have really struggled with, you know, sending my kids to yeshiva and not sending them because it is a big sacrifice. Like for me and my husband to send our children to yeshiva, we have to sacrifice a lot of different areas in our life in order for our children to get a Jewish education. Mm -hmm. um, you know, vacations and like all of that, like has to be lessened. But what would you advise to your typical Jewish woman who has to balance work, children, husbands, friends, family, groceries, everything, and like stay afloat. <laughs> like, okay. not survive, but like more than survive. You know what I'm okay. saying? Okay, so this is what I'm gonna, uh, so I'm so glad you asked that question because I just had a very um, inspiring period of time. Um, so my husband just finished his first Siam Hashas. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. He, he attempted to do it 14 years ago, um, but he just finished. Um, he It didn't work out. And he's a very busy person. He commutes for work um, at least an hour each way. He's so busy. And he wakes up at um, 4.30 in the morning to go to a Chabura um, yeah um and um and he he actually um the person who runs the chabura he takes over for him because he travels a lot so whenever he's away um he travels so we just did made a siyum hashat we actually went to the siyum in israel and i felt like it was really and i felt that there was something missing when we were in israel celebrating the siyum hashas and and I don't know if most people would feel that way because like, oh, it's beautiful. So many people are there and you're celebrating together and it's such a special moment. But I really felt like, like Torah is a family celebration. And I felt, and I, I spoke to, to our Rebbe and he said, make a beautiful, it should feel like, you know, as special as a bar mitzvah or a wedding and you should make a siyum when you come back. Wow. So I, and, and also I felt that, that our kids should see that women, women, uh, so, you know, are, are part of the Torah learning. And so I actually spoke, even though I, I generally don't public speak and in the Dvar Torah that I gave, I said, um, it was, it was the Parsha of the week was, uh, the era. And I spoke about, um, the importance of building assets um, uh, that so Paro um, so so the the Parsha talked about Paro um, 
a new Paro coming. So whether or not it like it was the, you know, Paro that changed or whether that it was Paro that, um, you know, a new Paro rose to power, it was, everybody knew what Yosef brought to, uh, right. to the community, right? Everybody knew. So, but the idea was that when somebody builds assets with somebody, um, that, that, that those assets should be enough to carry them through. The, that, that um, generations kind of losing touch with Torah values. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like um, when, when we talk about, um, about Chos um, Avos, Mm-hmm. Um, so we really, it's really about, it's kind of like having a wealthy grandparent that leaves money for his, in a, in a trust fund for grandchildren. Right. So mm-hmm. that money could go missing really, really, really fast. Oh yeah. Right. But when each of the grandchildren make their own investments and they value that money and they nurture it and they, and they, you know, invest it. Mm-hmm. So that will continue that money for generations because you know their children will see so torah is like that so if we kind of if we say show to our children that is our highest priority and that we value um their investment and and they see that we value uh, that we value our investment then the avos kind of like has that same impact as just for the people who don't understand what Swiss Avos is, it's oh, sorry. of our forefathers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Wow, so, that's a beautiful way to look at it. It was better written than I just said no, it. No, no, that's just a <laughs> No. I, like it, it, I, I wrote it like as a buildup, but I think that that's really the idea. So when we think about uh, investing in our children's education, there's there's very few things that are like, necessities in life but that is one of them and um so i think that whatever it takes so prioritizing basically yeah i if your child needs therapy if your child needs whatever your children need to thrive in this world and to be able to give to to grow and to to become whole people and kind decent human beings yeah, I, like I think I think that that investing in yeshivas and investing in the right kinds of yeshivas and spending the time to make sure. I that mean, not for everyone. You know, there are people who think they do invest in yeshiva, and then they have a terrible experience because also maybe. No, I said the right yeshiva. Yeah, the right yeshiva. That's so we actually send our kids away for yeshiva. We oh we, wow. We send them to um, Chicago, and we live in Canada. I did not. Uh, know because it was very important for us to pick the right yeshiva. I don't think that just any yeshiva is, I I think part of investing in your children is is, um, knowing where the right place is and it's not a one size fits all and um, and just, and Mm -hmm. kind of, I I think like it's, it's easier for me because I'm a small town you know, I have that kind of mindset where right. it, it's okay to send your kids out of town and I don't really Not care. For my mindset where like everybody is all together all the time, <laughs> kids are around, 
Yeah, we yes. very different communities. Yeah, so for me, it was, I don't need to go, I, I don't, for you me, don't have I an think, attachment, meaning like, they don't, well, stigma doesn't affect me, I don't think, as much as it affects other people, because I don't really care. Yeah, wow. Like, I'm not so, in the heart of. Right. So let's talk a little bit about stigma, and you were talking about mental health before. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. One of the other things that you do, which is a very, very big part of your life, not only are you, you know, marketing and communications consultant and you do curriculum development from what I understand, and you also have to do some creative direction. Um, you are also um, in charge or you created um, this organization called Project Proactive. So can you tell us a little bit about what Project Proactive is about, how you guys got started, and what is its mission? Sure. Why is it important? Yeah. So I can't take credit for starting it. Um, Shoshana Mailer um, started it. Uh, as So she was working for an organization that's not Jewish called Hope for the Day, and they do proactive suicide prevention and education uh, in Chicago. And... Mm -hmm. Um, and it's actually a phenomenal organization and she was working with them in programming and, um, what she realized was that at that time, there really wasn't a lot of that type of education, um, in the, in the Jewish community. And, right. um, and it was kind of, she kind of started this before, um, all the influencers got into sharing about their life stories and, you know, um, so she really was a pioneer in, in kind of pushing boundaries in, in mental health. And yeah. I'm fortunate that she included me in this because she got really busy with work and school and um, she needed help. And at first she asked me if I would, she didn't want to drop the ball on it. So she said, could you, could you just, do it for me. Like it, wow. it wasn't even a thought that it was going to be what it is now. It was just kind of running an Instagram account and yeah, I remember we really just want to educate the community, uh, break stigmas, um, about all things mental health. And, um, and then it kind of, and then I said, you know, I'm not going to take it over, but let's work together and we'll build it into something. So, um, we so this was actually hashkacha like it was right after i left my job that she asked me um wow. and she um so so we just we kind of we were brainstorming like what is needed in the community because the last thing we wanted to do was reinvent any wheels so our objective was really to um find out what's out there um, to bring awareness of the organizations that already do great work in the community um, and kind of because of our, you know, marketing background, we could kind of help bring awareness of that and kind of pool the community resources together and to educate the community about things that people don't like to talk about mm -hmm. um, and kind of make it normal and and or maybe not like to, not that they don't like to talk about it. They also don't like to listen to it because it maybe triggers them or it makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. So so basically, yeah. Um, it's it's a, a tough pill to swallow that we're not perfect, right? As a community, mm -hmm. we're not perfect. But like, 
by kind of pushing the community to embrace that, you know, yeah, we, we have issues. Everyone has issues. I may not have the same issues as you do, um, you know, but I definitely have, like, everyone has issues, literally. Right. Like, I, I can't imagine that there's anyone in this world, unless they really have severe issues, that will say that they don't have issues. <laughs> I mean, I do know, yeah, I do know a lot of people that pose as if, as if their life is perfect. And they, they don't have issues. Um, no, those, the, the, those people are the ones that do have issues. Everybody has issues. But like you people can't ever imagine those people having issues. And then when you find out that they do have issues, you're like, what? But that's what really, know. but that's, that's what makes it hurt more. It, because then people feel lonely and like nobody gets me. And there's something wrong with me because, you know, I'm overwhelmed and everyone else seems to have it together and I don't and you know everyone else seems to be getting shit really quickly but why am I not and why it are you know everyone like everyone else seems to have kids that behave properly but like my kids are all over the place everyone seems to you know be able to manage uh, making Shabbos food and I can't even like get dressed in the morning you know like and I think it makes it worse when we feel like other people don't don't have those issues but like right. but everyone has those issues everyone at right. some point in their life will have either will either have a mental illness or be affected by somebody close to them who has a mental illness you know, when, when people throw the word mental illness around, and I've, I've mentioned in the past to certain friends of mine, like, oh, like, mental illness, this, they're like, no, that's not mental illness, like, come on. Like, the term mental illness ha is so, like, stigmatized mm -hmm. that people are like, no, that's just for, like, crazy people. Like, mental illness, what? They're going to go to the the hospital, like, what is it called? The Psych ward? Yeah, like, the crazy hospital. I'm like, no, like, people have mental illness. Like, so can you just talk about why there is such a stigma around mental illness and what covers mental illness? Like, is anxiety a mental illness? So is it is. It's just more, more of a widely accepted mental illness. So um, if anyone wants to really, um, I'm not going to go into like all the details, but Rachel Tuffman did our first live with us. Yeah. Um, and it's on YouTube. It's called mental health versus mental illness. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and she basically kind of um, gives an overview of what mental health is, what, and what's the difference between mental health and mental illness. Um, and, you know, and people who have mental illnesses um, can live very normal, functional lives, even more so than somebody who has mental health issues that they don't deal with. Can you just give me one example of what is of a mental illness versus a mental health issue? And how okay, so mental health issue. So Mental illness would be something that is completely that that that's debilitating and and hampers your ability to function um, in your normal activities, right? So like 
Obsessive compulsive disorder. Is that a mental yes. illness? It's yes. not a physical illness. It's a mental illness. Okay. So I'm so glad that you asked that okay. because one of the things that is so important for us to to educate the community about is that there really is no difference between a physical illness and a mental illness that our brains are another organ in our body right so i mm -hmm. i guess they they seem different because that's what gives us our personality and and you know and it's it's kind of like the feeder for all the rest of our body but i was talking to uh um a neuro uh neurobiology researcher um who actually has um her name is is uh sandra whittleson and she's been studying albert a slice of albert einstein's brain for her entire career which is very cool That's so and i was telling her about project proactive and um she said oh my gosh i'm so happy that you're doing this because really the it we've all known this like the academic world has known that there's no difference between mental illness and physical illness for a very long time. It's just kind of coming to the forefront in, in the, the community. Right. Yeah. So which she, she's like, she's like, you know, you have, um, you notice some pains in your, in your, in your stomach. So you're going to go and you're going to figure out that is, if you know maybe you you have um an ulcer or the, this or so whatever you're gonna do what it takes to make it better so when our brains ha kind of get sick we're gonna we should be willing to do whatever it takes the same way that we would do like if we're we had like kidney failure we're gonna we're gonna get our kidneys back to good health right it's right just, it's just we've created this this um a lot of stigma and shame around mental illness, but it's really literally the same. Why? Thing Why? Why have we created this shame? I, I, I mean, I, I can't speak for, for anybody, but what I, I used to also feel very, um, I used to also feel like maybe, uh, you know, Oh, you don't associate with them. They're like wacko or, you know, like, but um, well, when you really, I think a lot of it comes from the media, from movies, um, and just kind of like misunderstanding people and, mm -hmm. um, and there's, we picked up a lot of bad habits um, as a community. And so you think it's from the media that we're getting this shame and stigma about it? Well, I don't know if it's just the media, but I, I, I now just, the media is like very progressive and you know open to that. No, right. So now, so but now we're also shifting. Like yeah. I feel like as a Jewish community, we we tend to we we tend to adapt, but very slowly. Um, yeah. And certain Jewish communities even slower. Like, <laughs> Um, like I look I, at your community, like I look at the Ashkenazi community and I see your community like 20 years ahead in terms of like advancement and ideas and destigmatizing things like 20 years ahead. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I, don't really, I don't really know, but but I think I think the more we learn, the more we're able to to grow and adapt. Like even you know, even within halacha, right? So we learn certain um, halachas that evolve over time because we have new technologies, right? So we have to relearn halacha based on the circumstances that we're given uh, today. So we are as, uh, you, you know, like the time of, that the Gemara was, was codified, uh, there was no LED lights, right? And there was no, right. um, there was no, um, you know, Teslas and, cell phones. And so we, we have to kind of reevaluate the halachos and, you know, and we, we, like we saw that when, when um, we, were, we were on the plane on one of the nights of Hanukkah and, and we had to look into, Oh, how do we like Hanukkah candles? There's, we were looking for a flashlight that, ha that had like a, the old fashioned kind of flashlight because led was not, was a totally different ball game. You know, like, Right. right. Yeah. Right. So, so, um, we we're at, um, um, Sarkhana Radcliffe said, you know, we're at the stage in, in time that, that are, um, we have the, ben we're the beneficiaries of a lot of research on brain health and, and we have the ability today because of all of the research that's been done over the past uh, few decades uh, to actually heal the brain and mental illness where we didn't have that information before. Um, you know, we had a, a lot of intergenera intergenerational trauma the last few generations and, you know, throughout our history, but we're at this, this pivotal point in history where where we have so much knowledge about the brain. Right. But, you know, I think that sometimes the people who need therapy or who do, who are on the brinks of like mental health issues and like kind of in between mental health issues and mental illness, because I feel like if you don't take care of a mental health issue, it can become a mental mm -hmm. illness. But I think those people are not even aware of it. You know, like if you are a self-aware person and you realize how your brain is working, why you're thinking certain thoughts, like why you're doing certain things, then you are, I think in my opinion, you're a mentally healthy person. Mm -hmm. But well, that's what I said before, with, that, that there are people with mental illnesses who are much more mentally healthy than people who don't have a mental illness mm -hmm. and just suffer with mental health. Ra mm -hmm. Rachel Tuchman said that during her live. Okay, that's I know people who, who have bipolar and who have, um, you know, like, uh, like one person that we interviewed was, was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. Um, you know, there, there, and, you know, if you listen to our live with Coach Meish, um, who talked about addiction, um, mm -hmm. so these people are 
the most mentally healthy people I know. They are, right. they're, they are really like, yes, they suffer with mental health, but they, they own their mental illnesses or their addictions or whatever it is that they suffer with. And they are on it and they're making the world a better place. People who sure. suffer with mental health, um, they could ignore it. And I feel like they can make people, sorry, I'm interrupt, uh, interrupting you, but like, I just, I feel like I'm going to forget. I feel like a lot of those people who, who do have, they're suffering with a mental illness in the beginning, when they were just having the mental health issues, they were ignoring the signs. They were like in denial, you know? That's and what Project Proactive is all about. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Um, because we're all going to experience it at something, at some point, mental health, mental illness. So let's know. Mm -hmm. Let's educate ourselves. You know, yeah. let's, um, look for the signs and uh, take care of what needs to be taken care of. So Learn speaking of, right. So speaking of that, can you tell us, like, what contributes to a poor mental health? Like, how can someone prevent themselves from like deteriorating mentally? So honestly, um, I'm not a mental health professional. Yeah. I mean, so I, I don't, I don't want to presume that I, that I necessarily know. I mean, I, I definitely try to pool the best of the best, uh, and the resources. I think, um, there have been a bunch of lives that we've done that have given insight into that. Um, there's lots of, um, uh, honestly, I, I think, I think that it really starts with, with just like with education and, and, and um, huh. read books, watch the, you know, the lives, um, read you know follow our blog our blogs have uh tons of really incredible stuff by by different talented therapists and people who have been through things um we, we have a, a new blogger that's starting soon who talks about her recovery from opioid addiction um yeah. and uh you know it's just about kind of like i think it's really just just being aware and being aware and knowing and and just knowing what's out there like it's right. it, like how could you prevent right any like anything right like there's any you just so part of what contributes to good mental health would you say is not just like self-care goals like i just feel like you know Maybe there's this misconception that someone who has good mental health is someone who doesn't have stress, someone who like takes care of themselves, who exercises, who eats, has a well-balanced diet, like socializes, all these things, when really what also contributes to good mental health is awareness, education, learning, because it's, it's about your brain. You know, like you might be getting a manicure and pedicure every week, but is your brain? Yeah, it's not about it's not about avoiding. I think that people uh, 
think that self-care is about avoiding. I think it's really about when you notice something, like if, if you notice that you're like, that you're ruminating about something, you know, or if you notice that you're screaming more or uh, like your, your temper uh, that, that you're, you know, a little bit more snappy. So get curious, like, mm-hmm. why, why am I doing that? You know, um, you know, Esther Goldstein, we interviewed Esther Goldstein last night. She talked about uh, transference and counter transference. Like um, we're, we're going to post Yeah, that I'm not aware that. of those terms, but I'm going to be. So, you know, am I, when I lose it at my, at my husband's, is it really about my husband's? Mm-hmm. Like, or is it about, I'm not feeling so great about myself. Like just tune into yourself and kind of what's going on with me. Like, I, you know, and then, and then, um, and I, I think it's important to just kind of be goal oriented, but actually I heard, so we were at a Shabbos meal this week and I, I found this so fascinating Mm -hmm. so you know how people try to take on resolutions and then they're doomed to fail so um, (laughs) like I know like I know I have perfectionist tendencies so you know if I say oh I'm gonna uh I'm just gonna be healthy and I'm going to eat only healthy food and I'm gonna exercise 10 times a day or whatever whatever that's like a little bit extreme so as soon as I don't, everything's finished. Like I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. Like it has to be, it's all or nothing black and white. Um, I'm a recovering black and white thinker, recovering perfectionist. Um, (laughs) um, so I heard, so, so one of our friends was telling us about a podcast that he listened to, um, that it was about, um, rather than making a resolution, you could set yourself a theme of the year or like a theme of the week. So or like word if, of the year. I, I, I've seen that. Like people say like, what's your word for the year? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, saw so that. I like the theme because I've been thinking about that every day. So I was, you know, cause if, if my theme is, is health, let's say, mm-hmm. so I'm going to make a conscious effort to okay so maybe i'm gonna have a piece of cake but but i'm going to embrace it and i'm and and i'm going but that's that's not gonna overturn everything else because i also worked out that uh, this morning and i also ate salad that you know and i also also health is not just physical meaning like your mental health, emotional health. Right. But health. this is part of the mental, right. mental health and physical health is same is, is the same. So, so when right. I, when I start beating myself about up, up about anything, whether it's like food or whether it's, Oh, I yelled at my kid today. I'm such a bad mother. Like that could put me in Oh yeah. Mom guilt. Mom guilt. But if we have a theme of let's say, um, intention, um, yeah. Or even just self like forgiveness. Right. I like that. Like 
so I'm going to forgive myself because I'm human. Mm-hmm. Like, why would I have expectations of myself that I don't expect from any other people? Love that. Love that. So Rebecca, how do you want to take Project Proactive to the next level? Oh, I'm glad you asked that. Um, so we right are- now you guys are making waves. Um, tell us how you want to. Okay, so this is really exciting. We are finally officially a nonprofit. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yes, I'm very excited. Um, in fact, Shoshana just sponsored our live last night um, wow. in celebration. And actually, I didn't even realize, but it's been a year of Mental Health Mondays. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I didn't even realize, so I should have like mentioned it, but um, so we actually have a business plan um, and we have, um, we have a few goals that we, we want to try to develop. We, we really want to get community feedback on, on where they see value in our growth, but really um, uh, the way that, that that we formulated our business plan was that we we kind of looked at what the barriers to accessing mental health support is in the Jewish community. Um, so we like analyzed that, and you know, a lot of there's and there's a lot of great 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 organizations out there. Yeah, but. Um, because of, you know, financial limitations, um, you know, they don't have good marketing efforts. So really we want to be able to use our talents to highlight other organizations that are doing great work in the mental health field and providing like, and, and kind of like pool everybody together and, and make, make a splash in for, for the greater good. Sorry. For the greater good, and yeah. So, so it's it's just annoying when people like I feel like organizations start and they're trying to reinvent wheels, but what we're trying to do is is um, is bring awareness of what's already out there. Um, So that's one of our goals. Another one of our goals is to continue to develop publications that are. Uh, mental health friendly and proactive so uh, we published um, for Bree Sheet and we're working on Shemote right now um, wow and which publication so we we published um, a book called Bite Size Torah yes I saw that um, so it's like very short ideas that you could share at your Shabbat table um, and they, they're not necessarily mental health focused, but it's subtly putting, yeah. um, proactive messages that will kind of shift the way we talk about things. Um, we develop- So that it's not just, Project Proactive is not just limited to Instagram space or the internet, but you guys are trying to- get into homes and synagogues and organizations and that's oh this is another thing so shoshana is mental health first aid certified um to teach so she's 
trying to push going into high schools and um, extremely and even possibly elementary schools, uh, communities to train people in mental health first aid. So there's like a little bit more awareness of that. For sure. um, so yeah. So so um, I think um, so that's that's another thing where we are building our, our goal is to build a platform also of um i don't want to give too many details yet yeah, <laughs> not because like it's, yeah. it's private but just because uh i i just want to work out all the details before um all right that's fine before, but but we're we're really trying to build our resource database um, in a way that's more palatable to the way that people think today. Because I think a lot of people, when they ask for recommendations of like books and, and videos, it's really, really hard for people to focus for an hour long. Yeah. Um, or to like read a, a, a book. Like a lot of people don't love reading. So we're right. really trying to figure out ways where we can infuse the information in short bite-sized pieces um in yeah. in different ways so wonderful yeah so we're gonna start fundraising our fundraising efforts which i never really thought that i would wanted to take it that way i kind of wanted this to be um right. you know my it, it's gonna remain altruistic forever but but we do need like to take it to the next level you need to, to take it to the next level we're gonna need some some fun so sure. uh, we're gonna start um pushing well, pushing that a little bit more um and 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 getting just we want to take it in ways that the community feels is helpful so for sure uh, so we're gonna start asking around and polling and this so. you should have lots of success and all that you do because you guys are really bringing goodness to the community the jewish community we really really need more awareness and education about our mental health this is a topic that is not spoken about enough and i don't even think enough like barely spoken about especially in you know our communities there's been a um, shift what there's definitely a shift yeah for sure um, you mentioned, I just, we're gonna, I'm going to ask you one last question, and I want to focus on the, the word thing. You mentioned the word proactive a lot, and um, your, the name of the organization is called Project Proactive. So to you, Rebecca, what does it mean to live with proactiveness? Um... Sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> no, honestly, I think it's really just um, self-awareness, education, um, being able to uh, nip things in the bud when, when you see that something could potentially become an issue, learn about ways to, to support yourself or your loved one, in in a way that it doesn't become a bigger issue right right um and i think also just um recognizing that 
that there, the world does change. And I actually, I actually wrote an article for Nashi Magazine a while back about our I, resistance to change. I love that. I love that. Um, and I think that that really focused a lot on, um, it was called Changing Tides. And yeah. Our yeah. Our reluctance to kind of move forward and, and be progressive because we let, we're, we're a little bit afraid of, of, um, uh, we're, we're afraid to leave our bubbles and we're afraid that, that we're not strong enough, but we're strong enough. And, and throughout history, like it throughout the Torah, you know, we've really tried so hard to stay insular and to protect ourselves from the outside world. And it's really about inoculation versus isolation and um you know we talked about but before the live we, th this we talked about um about the vaccination like the the flu that's going around right mm -hmm. yeah and, yeah so you know vaccines so fine they may not but they might not know what strain to but but we know that if we provide right our children and ourselves with the right education and the right values and we infuse ourselves with with like wholeness and goodness and authenticity and like all of those like buzzwords um, if we if we're able to not be afraid but to act with intention and conviction then we really could grow with the world rather than be afraid of the world ah Love that. Can you repeat that last line again? That was beautiful. Grow with the world instead of be afraid of the world. Growing with the world. Yeah, wow. we have to grow with the world because we can't we can't stop it. Like we can't freeze. I mean, I know a lot of different sects of Judaism like to freeze time at a certain. Um, yeah. You know, like you could walk through Israel and you can see, okay, they froze in Poland in, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in, in 19, in the early 1900s and they froze in Russia. And then, you know, like you right. see insects freezing at a certain point in time and trying to hold, like trying with all their might to preserve the essence of that, that, idealistic place that they lived but yeah. and, and it, it is beautiful but the world yeah. changes and we have to be able to take those values and invest them you know it, it's a back to that investment we have to take it, it we can't we can't deny that the world is changing we have to take those values that the world that 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 you know that the rebbe whatever your rebbe you know those values and we have to invest those values and we need Love to it. invest them so that in this generation it could bear fruits because we're not living in last generation beautiful beautiful rebecca rebecca please tell the listeners and the audience who's watching um where they can find you and the work that you're doing um okay so you can if you go on in uh, it, on our website uh yeah. www.jproactive 
www.thinkandgrowthcoach.com. Um, there are links to whatever social media platforms that we're on. Jpoasa.com. Um, yeah, and our blog um, is on there, and our YouTube videos and everything is on our website. Um, and from there, you could get to our Instagram account. Um, my personal profile on Instagram is r.shapiro, but I don't really um, have like I just post random stuff so it's not like really that exciting but um exciting I liked it um I, um and and project yeah. proactive and project proactive At project proactive uh, another one of my clients that um I we didn't end up talking so much about but I I do think it's it's worth checking out um Margaret's legacy oh yes um because like I'm not I'm not gonna speak about all my clients, but that one in particular I think is very special because um, we do curriculum development for development for Holocaust education and, and it's not just the Jewish community. It's uh, you know we're we're uh, pushing boundaries in uh, the public systems and even the Catholic system. Wow. And um, I think that that's really really important because um, we especially in today's day and age with all of the hostility and animosity that's going around, it's really important to, to build bridges and to really understand each other. Um, like I, I was privileged to um, attend with Margaret's Legacy a Peace Medal breakfast by, at, for the, like the YMCA. And it was wow. so, it was actually very inspiring to see like, there were, besides for the phenomenal keynote speaker, there are so many people who really want goodness for the world in every culture and in every religion. And we end up like kind of like fighting with them and we end up yeah. kind of thinking that they hate us, so we hate them. And But that's not really going to take us anywhere good. So to be able to spend time with with the best of the best of of all the different cultures and religions and and Love really that. come to the table and and realize that we're really trying to work on the same thing coming together all for the yeah time. so that's actually a really special project that i'm also working on so i i, I did want to men mention that because i think that that's a very that's one of my wow thank you so much for bringing that up so guys, check out Rebecca and the work that she does on jproactive.com. That's where you can see all the Mental Health Mondays, blogs, articles, um, your Instagram page, and just educate yourselves and make You can join work. also if you're if you're a if anybody is a blogger, whether you're a mental health professional or just somebody who really likes to blog about proactive stuff. And um, so reach out and, and you could send us, our email addresses is on the website also. You could send Great. us some samples of your writing or even if you have YouTube videos that you think would benefit the community. Um, we have playlists on our YouTube channel that we kind of like pull in different themes. Um, we're building resource pages um, for different types. It's taking a long time because obviously uh, we've been volunteering and we don't really 
have so much time. Right. So, but we we have had people volunteer to to help develop our resource pages. So um, Alana Dress from Chicago um, offered to develop our perinatal page, and like different people are volunteering to develop different parts of our website. So we're really trying to like build community around it, and also. Um, a few people that like we have um, ambas teen, teenage yeah. ambassadors yeah. that um, one of them was really helpful in in um, designing swag and getting yeah, apparel going and then also she helped with um, we have a spreadsheet that can easily be updated on our website of resources that could benefit the Jewish community. Wow. Um, sort, and you can sort it by, um, by, by country or by type of organization, what you need or. Yeah. What you need, what you're looking for. So you could, and you could do a search there. So um, if you, if anyone wants to contribute to that, uh, you could email us too, but we just need all the information awesome awesome wow 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 guys you got to check out this website this is incredible um you know before you go and click on your shopping in your amazon i feel like jproactive.com needs to be on everybody's like favorite you know on their internet browser mental health which is also our physical health is super super important rebecca thank you so much again for coming on here sharing your values and your project about everything you're doing for the Jewish community and the world at large. So thank you again. Thank you. Yes, we'll really be talking soon. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review. That would mean so much to me. And I would love to hear your feedback about the show and how I can make this better for you. And if you want to learn more about what I do, you can check out my Instagram page at Soul Train KK. Have a great day.